0: Hey everyone! Welcome to Hub City Church. We are ordinary people following an extraordinary God together. If you want more information about Hub City Church, find us online at thehubcitychurch.com/connect and fill out our digital connect card. Now let's dive into this week's message. For just
1: as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing the seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. This is the word of the Lord.
0: And this morning, we have a special opportunity. Uh, somebody within our church, Todd Thompson, is going to come share his story, his journey with Jesus, and it all started when he filled out one of these cards that's on the seats, and we did this a few months ago and have always made this available. You can do this online or in person, but uh, he filled out one of the uh, tell your story opportunities and uh, I was reading through his story, and and I followed up with him and and. Uh, we want to share more stories, right? We want to be a church that's just telling more of the stories of what God is doing in your life. Um, and, and as he was sharing, I began to realize, we began to realize, we we just, we need more than two minutes to tell his story. And so Todd has put in a lot of prayer and preparation to be able to share with us this morning his journey with Jesus. And uh, I would just encourage you, uh, to tell your story. And maybe it won't be for, you know, as long as he is. I'm not going to ask you to come up and preach your message or preach your story every time. But it may just be we turn it into a quick two-minute video or we come up and, and share it like Chloe did during an offering time or just during a, an announcement time and just tell the stories of what God is doing in and through our church. And uh, and that way we see that God is actively moving in our lives. He is not a, a distant God. He is not a quiet God he is not a dead God. He is alive, right? Yes? We worship a God that is alive today, moving in the lives of his church, and, uh, and, and it is powerful to hear these stories and, and testimonies. So, we're gonna have an opportunity to do that, and I'm gonna welcome Todd up uh, at this time. So, would you give Todd a hand, everybody? Come on now. <clears throat> I have to excuse me, Todd. I, uh, I think I have vacation voice here. Uh, I spent a week on a boat uh, with salt my family. We went voice, on a cruise. Sir. Yeah, I got salt water. That's what okay. it is. Salty-nulty, yeah. as they call me. <laughs> uh, Good to know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I just got back last night with my family. Uh, we spent a week on a boat, and so if I'm up here swaying and wobbling, uh, it's just simply my sea legs at work, so just <laughs> bear with me. What Uh, excuse
1: do I have if I'm swaying and wobbling? If you're swaying and wobbling? Yeah,
0: yeah. We'll pray for you. Thank you. That might be a little too Pentecostal for us, (laughs) but uh, that was a joke anyways. (laughs) All right. Uh, But... As Todd comes up here, I just wanted to give us a chance to get to know Todd for a moment. We're going to ask some Todd some rapid-fire questions. This is something we do when we have a guest speaker. I'm uh, just getting to know Todd really quick, right? And so, because every guest speaker wants to come up and tell a lot of their their bullet points on their their story. So I just figure, well, let's go really fast. Can we go really fast, Todd? Are you I'll ready? try. No you didn't see ca- no any of these questions. this morning
1: so far, so I'll do my best.
0: So why are you swaying then? No coffee. Yeah, just just following your lead. I've had two cups of coffee and a cruise. I'm ready. Here we go. All right. Uh, Todd, real quick, uh, you live down in Conway, and you have a a space of land, but you have family, you've got loved ones down there, but you've also got a lot of animals. How many animals live on the premises at the Thompson Ranch? I call it the Thompson Ranch. Yeah, I
1: think we're not counting the kids. Not counting the kids. Yeah. I think we're at an all-time low. I think we're at 11.
0: All time low of 11. Okay. What is your favorite animal to have?
1: I am really enjoying having a horse again. Stacy and I used to have horses, and we said never again. And then you have your youngest daughter who, whatever she wants, she seems to get. Nice. And so we have a horse. So you have a horse. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
0: Do you ever eat the animals that you owned? Um, We just got dark. We went really dark.
1: Not, we have raised meat chickens once.
0: Meat chickens one time. Yeah. Okay. All right. What is your least favorite animal to have on the premises? And tell us why.
1: Oh, not counting the kids? Again, not okay. counting the children. Right. Okay. Yes.
0: That's for later.
1: We thought after having horses for so long, well goats seem easy. And so we had goats. The goats the kids did four H, goat four H and showed goats and everything, and a little hundred pound goat is 10 times harder than a 1,200 pound horse. So they were the toughest. Yeah, they're just every, they have a special gene inside and they can quickly figure out exactly what you want them to do and then they do the opposite. Got it, like kids. Like kids, like like small children, yes,
0: okay. Uh, so 4-H. So would you go to like county fairs and, mm-hmm. and be the people sitting in the pens and yep. showing off your ribbons and things like that? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Favorite fair food then? What is the go-to oh, if you guys they, went to the fair? Yeah, elephant they, ear, well, the scone. Well, no, I'd be lying if I said elephant ear. i just, Hot dog you know, on a
1: stick. Fair where, wherever. I love kettle corn and I will eat myself to the point where I'm sick. Kettle corn. At, yeah, 50 years old I still make myself sick like a little kid. So.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, if you were to go uh, into a coffee shop, what is your drink of choice? What is is your Starbucks drink of choice? If we were to have coffee together?
1: Yeah, I would do a Breve Latte.
0: A Breve Latte. And who would you want to have coffee with, dead or alive? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Well, they're all dead. I was going to say out of the Bible. (laughs) Other than Jesus. Jesus is alive, and he can't be your answer because he's everybody's answer. So, all dead. Uh, Never mind. (laughs) Pick a dead person out of the Bible. Okay. This, This question's really just yeah. Flushing down the, yeah. Uh,
1: I'm, I'm tracking with you, though.
0: Who in the Bible would you want to have a, a latte brevet?
1: I like to build stuff, so I would want to have a latte with Noah. With but Noah. I would, I would want to get it to go and go back to his workshop and see his tools.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you're a handyman you like working with your hands yeah. yes you'd like to see see the big boat and all yeah. of that right yeah. and how the animals did not eat each other yes that would be interesting yes. right exactly. the goats you'd love to see the goats I would
1: love to see how he got the goats how do on you there? get two yeah. goats <laughs> yeah. yeah. side by side onto yeah. the ark yes yeah. okay
0: uh, you, you're good with your, your hands you like to work do projects things like that what is the go-to power tool like if you lost this it would be over for Todd uh,
1: probably my welder
0: your welder yeah okay you do a lot of welding yes yes that was a great question i asked (laughs) yes do a lot of welding okay
1: typically what i do with my welder yes
0: all right (laughs) sweet deal all right well todd we are excited to have you up here welding and all weld our hearts together with your story huh very nice the melding of two hot metals together Very nice. anyways todd thompson ladies and gentlemen let's (laughs) go
1: I walked into the room and immediately, that smell, that smell, it was a smell of books and paper and kids all going through that awkward puberty age where they should all be wearing deodorant, but they're not. (laughs) Those industrial linoleum floors and the single student desks, you know, the the kind that wrap around on one side and you can only get into them from, from one direction. It was the first day of seventh grade, and I was feeling nervous about finding my way around to classes and meeting new people. I found a seat against the wall, and it didn't take long before I was turning around talking to the cute girl behind me. That got me in trouble, but it didn't deter me. She was easy to talk to, and she made school something that I looked forward to. Weeks turned into months. Months turned into years, and we never ran out of things to talk about. As the conversations matured, they really settled on two themes. Have a family and grow old together. We married in college, and we found our first house and our first grown-up jobs there. It was a bright Saturday, sunny day. We're in the laundry room. We're gonna head outside and do projects for the day and I'm excited. I'm getting my work clothes gathered, my gloves. I can't wait to get out. I turn to see if Stacy's ready to go and there are tears coming down her face. You just don't seem to care, she says. I don't understand. You have no sense of urgency. You don't care that I'm not getting pregnant. It's not that I don't think you wanna have kids, it's just that I think you're going to wake up one day, be 40 years old, and look around and say, hey, why aren't there any kids around here? Her attempt at being funny didn't mask the hurt and the pain I saw on her face. It was a pivotal day. I knew I couldn't ignore this anymore, not if if I wanted to stay married. I didn't have an answer for her. Good morning, Hub City. (laughs) It's my joy to share my story with you. My joy because in this story, God is victorious. He shines. Not because we were good, but because he is good. It's my intent this morning with you to be open, to be honest with you about the moments of celebration and those periods that were really, really tough. I want you to see his character and his goodness. I believe this story reminds us that God is faithful even when our story is not going how we planned. So let's jump back in. I'm standing in that laundry room. The sun is on my left. I feel time ticking away on my precious Saturday. Let's get something accomplished, I'm thinking. On my right, my wife, broken, hurt, full of pain. I mumbled something about how I would try to take this more seriously, but could we please get outside and get something done? Ouch. It wasn't long after that Stacy received an invitation from her co-worker to join her at Women's Bible Study. The first night, the scripture they studied, well, it was Abraham and Sarah's story about their struggle with infertility and God's promise to bless them. I wasn't compassionate enough that day in the laundry room to wipe away Stacy's tears, but God quickly came behind with a promise of hope. And with that invitation to the Bible study came an invitation for us to attend their church. In the weeks and months ahead, I agreed to go. It was a place for Stacy to pour out her pain, and it felt like I was being supportive by going with her. But that didn't fix it. It turns out that going to church is not how you get pregnant. Now, I think we may have an exception here at Hub City. (laughs) We we do seem to have something very special in the water, so (laughs) drink at your own risk. We continued to attend Living Water, a large four-square church in Olympia. And one of those Sundays, after more weeks of tough conversations and tears, struggle, I had had enough of trying to carry this weight, the weight of this problem on my own. Until that point, I was of the mindset that with enough hard work and the right tools and my car hearts on, I could fix anything. But this was a problem I couldn't fix. I raised my hand one Sunday, and I said yes to Jesus being in charge of my life. Week after week, we met more people. There was an infertility and adoption ministry, and so that's where we found ourselves on Thursday nights. I remember in my immaturity, I prayed self-centered and controlling prayers like, God, help Stacy get pregnant, and the sooner the better. <laughs> I bet he thought that was pretty funny. I was praying like I was ordering to a short-order cook. God, please give us four small fries and a Coke. In time, we began pursuing many avenues. Adoption, infertility treatment, foster parents. The adoption route we chose is one called independent adoption. And with a a lawyer and a social worker and lots of paperwork, when all the T's were crossed and the I's were dotted, we had little contact cards with a phone number. And that phone number went to a dedicated cell phone. We called it the bat phone. Almost ironically, it was preparing us to be new parents because the conversation would be, well, who's watching the bat phone tonight? Or, I have to use the bathroom, can you hold the bat phone? And so the phone was never alone. We watched it, we swaddled it, we charged it for 18 months. Our social worker made it clear, it was our job to tell everyone that we were looking for a birth mom interested in considering adoption. I mean everyone. Friends and family, of course, but also the neighbor, the house sitter, right? Everyone. The hairdresser back in the day. Everyone. At the time, I worked for a company based near Chicago, and it was time to travel back for annual meetings. And As is tradition with everyone in town, on the last night, We all went out for a nice dinner. It was an authentic Chicago, Italian-style restaurant. We had a private room, probably 35 people in our group. Everyone's chatting as we wait for our dinner to come and making superficial small talk about work and sports. I know I'm supposed to tell everyone, but I hate making a public scene. I wrestle with what I know I need to do. Can I have everyone's attention? And I tell our story. I talk about our struggle with infertility and our decision to pursue independent adoption. I hand out some of the contact cards and that's that. Did I just make a complete fool of myself? Is that even an appropriate thing to do with coworkers? I don't know. What I do know is I'll be flying home tomorrow and I'll be facing Stacy. I don't want to be that same, uncompassionate guy that stood in the laundry room. I want to show her that I'm all in. A few weeks later, baby bat phone is sitting in the windowsill at Stacy's work. And the bat phone finally rings. Stacy answers and she learns that a baby boy is due in the coming weeks and the birth mom is considering adoption. Best of all, the baby would be born here in Mount Vernon, right in our hometown. How perfect is this going to be? We'll be able to go up there, surprise our parents, and they'll be able to come right down and meet their new grandson. A few weeks pass, and the bat phone rings again. Our birth mom is in labor, so here we go. We drive north to Mount Vernon. Vernon. They give us a room down the hall from the birth family. Our hearts are full of joy. We're so excited, and soon they bring the baby to us. He's perfect healthy. He's beautiful. We hold him. We love him. We try to find sleep amongst the constant doctors that are coming in and out. We decided to name him Morgan, and like any new parents, we were excited to get him home. The first two nights went great, and on the next morning, our same nurse comes back on shift, and she walks into the room. This time, she has an older gentleman behind her dressed in street clothes. That's odd. He says, Mr. and Mrs. Thompson, I'm Ed. I'm the hospital chaplain. Our hearts plummet because we know exactly what this means. He says, take a moment and say goodbye. The birth mom has changed her mind. In Washington, even after all the paperwork is set up and all the documents of intent are ready, the birth mom has 48 hours to change her mind. It's a good rule, but on this day, we were on the heartbreaking side of it. We said goodbye to baby Morgan. We prayed over him, that his life would be blessed, and we dedicated him to the Lord. We gathered our things like silent robots, and we left. The two-hour drive back to Olympia was quiet, We were empty, completely spent. It was two years leading up to this moment, and there would be no phone calls to our parents, no celebration. We just drove in quiet disbelief. Our scripture of the day is Isaiah 55, 9. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You know, this is one of those scriptures, it's really lovely to read, probably easy to read when things are going well, but what about times like this, moments where our hearts are broken, our plans have crashed, we've put every human effort into something, we've prayed, we've done all the things, and yet life seems completely out of control. It's a hard scripture to embrace. You know, I wish I could say that I was meditating on this truth. But as we drove in silence, instead, my mind was racing. God, where are you? I've prayed the prayers. Why is this story not going like we hoped? Are you powerful enough to fix this, Lord? I raised my hand that Sunday. I gave gave my life to you. Do you have this under control? it sure doesn't feel like it. And yet, no matter how much I questioned, God's word doesn't change. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. A few months later, in the middle of the night, there's a sound. It's not the alarm clock. It's not Stacy's work pager. There's a sound. What is that sound? Oh, it's a phone. It's baby bat phone. I turn on the lights, I grab the phone, I hand it to Stacy, I hear her her say, yes? Okay? Okay, fantastic. She hangs up, we shoot out of bed, I run across the hall to my home office and I'm on the computer. It's 4.30 in the morning. Okay, 8 a.m., that should do. We gather our things, we go over this mental checklist that we've rehearsed a hundred times. We drive north grab a parking spot up the escalator, and as we crest the escalator to the ticket counter of SeaTac Airport, it's an empty airport, and we, the ticket agent is waiting for us to walk across the space. She's looking at us. She's looking at our stuff. She looks back at us, and finally, she says, where's the baby that goes in that car seat? <laughs> we said, we're going to get her. She said, oh, Well in that case, let me see what I can do. She did some typing on her keyboard and soon she printed two boarding passes for the 6 a.m. flight and so we ran. We ran through the airport onto the tram and like a movie, we were the last ones on the plane as they were waiting for us and closed the door behind us. Three and a half anxious hours halfway across the country, we landed, grabbed a rental car, a paper map. Yes, a paper map. We went up to the fourth floor of the Naperville, Illinois Hospital, where in room 407, our brand-new baby girl was waiting for us, just four hours old. Now, I highly recommend getting a four-hour-old baby. She was already washed, she had clothes on, (laughs) she smelled good. It's really the way to go. Mm. Loved and surrounded by her birth family, who were all excited to see us arrive. Her birth mom well, she's the daughter of a friend of a husband of my coworker. That Thursday night in the Chicago restaurant, a co-worker heard my story. What are the impossible odds of that? Miraculous really, but God is the God of miracles. Nothing is impossible for him. Luke 1:37 tells us for nothing will be impossible with God. It doesn't say nothing will be impossible with God if we pray the prayer just right. It says nothing will be impossible with him. He's the God of miracles. He turns water into wine, raises Lazarus from the dead, and he has himself has risen from the grave for us. Of course, he can take a simple act of faith, sharing my story in a room full of coworkers, and turn it into a miraculous and perfect start for our family. Isaiah 55.9, For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I'm so thankful that God didn't answer my prayers like I like a short order cook. And I prayed that simple, short-sighted prayer. God, please help Stacy get, get pregnant and make it quick. Why? Because this is, is the perfect start to our family. Two families brought together out of love for this baby. So just as we're starting to get the hang of being new parents with Emily, 18 months later, he brings another baby into our family through adoption. Mason is born right close to us in Olympia. And so Emily's a busy toddler. Mason has some special needs. And we're not thinking at this point how to grow our family. We're thinking about how to get some sleep. Our hearts are full. There they are. Fast forward two years. It's a Tuesday morning, and I'm flying out for a short business trip, as I often did, back at the SeaTac Airport. That same long row of ticket counters. And as I'm walking up to the counter, my phone rings. It's Stacy. Stacy. She says, hey, are you sitting down? (laughs) Now, I've known this girl since the seventh grade, and I have never heard her say those words. So I go find a place to sit down. She says, I'm pregnant. I said, honey, you don't get pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) By this time, the idea that we could have a baby this way, that she would get pregnant, was so foreign to me I could not wrap my head around it. I felt like one of my guy friends had just called to prank me. Dude, I'm pregnant. (laughs) No, you're not. But sure enough, Stacy gives birth that summer to Tanner. Soon we're having discussions if we're done having kids. Is three the right number? God probably laughed at that. Well, you did order four small fries. (laughs) And so two years later, Stacy gives birth to Katie, a full house. From broken and empty, wondering if we would ever have kids, God has filled our home with love, sippy cups, and a lot of diapers. Four kids, all unique. He gave us a house full of joy and laughter, snowball fights, kids riding the twin mattress down the stairs, we found out later, (laughs) bedtime stories, joy that cannot be counted. Hmm. John 5, 9 tells us he performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. So let's fast forward 14 years, and the season of our life is beginning to change. We poured everything into raising these kids, and we have enjoyed it to the full. Now we're starting to think, as our kids become young adults, about the second half of that newlywed promise, from raising a family to growing old together. Not growing old for the sake of getting old, but looking forward to a new season of being back together as a couple. Just us. Almost four years ago exactly, Stacey, the lights come on in the middle of the night and Stacy is standing over me trying frantically to tell me something, but I can't understand her. She's trying to talk, but there's something wrong with the side of her face. I immediately think stroke. Adrenaline surges through my body. I throw off the covers, and I know we have to get to the hospital right away. Are you having a stroke? She's shaking her head no and trying to talk to me, but I can't understand. And so with an urgency, like every second counts, with one hand, I'm pulling on my jeans, and the other hand, I'm Googling stroke symptoms. To the Mount Vernon Hospital we go. It's 2.30 in the morning. It's snowing, and I am barely slowing down for red lights. No offense, (laughs) Abasai. They take her back, and the doctor soon returns from a CT scan. He says, Mrs. Thompson, you have a tumor in your brain. It's about the size of a golf ball. It's hard to talk because you're having an ongoing seizure. Not a single sign or symptom. We went to bed just a few hours ago and everything was normal. Regular Sunday night. Surgery and chemo and radiation soon followed. But today, four years later, the cancer remains. Behaving itself. But as I stand before you, the certainty of growing old feels deeply threatened. You know, the first year that Stacy got sick was especially tough for me. Fearful thoughts came back. One thought that I had was the fear of being alone, of her outliving me. I guess I subconsciously I had always just assumed that she would do that. I mean, isn't that what women do? Outlive men? (laughs) Maybe it was because my own biological father died when he was 60. But then I remembered the truths I know. His ways are higher than my ways. He performs miracles that cannot be counted or the truth that we have eternity together no matter what sickness and disease happens here on earth. 1 John 5.13 makes it clear. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. That gives me peace. One of our songs this morning, one of the lines was, I have peace that makes no sense. And I thought, that, that encapsulates it. To someone who doesn't know Jesus, I feel like I have peace that makes no sense. It feels like I'm standing in that laundry room again, facing a problem I can't fix. And yet, it's completely different this time. Unlike that arrogant, independent, I-can-fix-anything kid who stood in the laundry room 25 years ago, I now have the benefit of looking in my rearview mirror. I can see firsthand how his ways are higher than my ways. He's moved in real and practical ways in my life. My rearview mirror is full of his evidence, his goodness, his trustworthiness. My fear has turned to peace, peace I wish I had 25 years ago standing there. Oh, how I wish I could go back. You know, maybe take a DeLorean, travel in style, right? Right? I would love to travel back and tell all these things to that 25-year-old me, fearful, arrogant, proud, newlywed, who thought he knew it all. I'd say, bro. That's, that's how I'd talk to myself if I ever saw myself. <laughs> <laughs> His ways are higher than your ways. You're living on a broken, fallen earth, and tough stuff's going to happen. But he's ready to perform miracles. Just trust him. Let go. Surrender. Lean on scripture. His truths are in there. Isaiah 55, our scripture for today, goes on to read, The rain and snow come down from the heavens, and they stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It's the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will and it will prosper everywhere I send it. You know, even in the midst of this health storm that we're in, God has opened up the clouds for Stacy and I with rays of sunshine, moved his hand in every detail. He's given us rest and relationship. We've spent hundreds of hours sitting, reflecting, reading together. You know, people who say you can't date at the hospital, they're wrong. (laughs) We've had some pretty awesome dates there. It's been a chance to reflect on our lives and cherish these moments we have right now. God has orchestrated every part of Stacy's care, from getting her into surgery just 48 hours after that first fearful night, to coordinating the whole thing so that it could happen before hospitals were shut down from COVID for this kind of thing. A ray of sunshine in the storm. The rain is falling. The storm is upon us, but God, his word is producing fruit. One of the first things that Stacy and I both began to grieve was the unlikelihood that she'd get the chance to be a grandma. We prayed, prayed, Lord, please give her the health span and the lifespan to experience that incredible joy. May of last year, here's how he answered that prayer. That's more than a ray of sunshine right there. (laughs) That's like a beautiful morning sunrise and a full sunny summer day and a gorgeous sunset. I mean, how can you be worried about your own troubles when that little cutie smiles at you? (laughs) John 5 9. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. He is good. Even though this storm that we're in has been intense, he's proven and continues to prove that his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. What happens from here with Stacy's health? I don't know what lies ahead, but I do know and trust the one who does. Let's pray.
0: We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you want to take your next step in following Jesus, fill out the digital Connect card at thehubcitychurch.com/connect. We'd love to celebrate
1: what Jesus is doing in your life.